Officials have acknowledged that some banks may be at risk, but have downplayed worries of a wider crisis. They always downplay worries of another crisis. When does anybody ever upplay worries of a wider crisis? Never, but they always happen. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi here from The Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. And there's some very cool stuff going on with silver open interest versus gold open interest this week. We are look to be on the cusp of another regional banking crisis because we have $1.5 trillion of commercial mortgages coming due this year and next. And I don't think the regional banking system is going to survive it. And the Fed's going to have to bail them out again. You have the second largest physical withdrawals from the Shanghai Gold Exchange ever. The last time it was this high was in late 2015 at the end of a gold bear market and prices now are about twice as high as they were back then and still we have record withdrawals. New York Community Bank Corp looks to be in the middle of a bank run. Other banks will follow. There will be another bailout. The Fed is going to have to buy all the commercial mortgages or a lot of them, at least an expanded balance sheet once again. QT will be over. The next round of inflation will be supercharged. But in the meantime, we have something very dangerous going on in silver versus gold open interest that I have never seen before. We're going to get into all of that. But first, this week's silver report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mine, symbol FSM. Getting into some more highlights from its guidance for 2024 and its review of 2023. We did see something often overlooked in miners. We have record lead production of 40 million pounds, an 18% increase over 2022, and record zinc production of 55 million pounds, a 19% increase over 2022. That just means there's higher mining activity, which means these are higher byproducts of mining activity. And for 2024, we have gold production guidance between 343 and 385,000 ounces, which is a projected increase of between 5 and 18% respectively. It's becoming more of a gold miner by the year. And I have something interesting to show you here. You think lead and zinc are not significant or totally insignificant with regards to gold and silver miners. That is not true because if you look at the price of lead compared to the price of gold, and it's very similar for silver, gold is, of course, in the gold line here, and lead is in the leadish kind of color, the gray color. But we see that the movement is very similar between gold and lead, at least qualitatively. Uh, lead goes way up when silver go when when gold goes way up, and it's very similar with silver. And it's the same thing with zinc. You see here gold in the gold and zinc in the gray. Uh, very, very similar chart here as gold and silver go up. So do zinc and lead. It's all good for the miners that dig them out. And as the preppers like to say, you need gold, silver, and lead. So not bad here. Now let's move on with this week's silver report. What do we got here? This is from Gold Charts or Us, the second largest physical gold withdrawal ever on record, the record was in July 2015, and that was when gold was at $1,100 an ounce. And all of a sudden, we have this humongous spike in gold withdrawals from the Shanghai uh, Physical Gold Exchange. And uh, if you look at this box, this was back when gold was in a bear market from late 2012 until the beginning of 2016. These were when the record withdrawals were going, and that made sense. Because, you know, gold was at a very low price relatively. So people were in China were taking advantage of that with higher gold withdrawals from the exchange. And all of a sudden we have this crazy spike here, which is the second highest withdrawal ever. 271 tons for the month. What is causing this? 
Don't know exactly, but something is going on in China in the gold market. Meanwhile, if we move to the LBMA to see what the vaults are like over there, gold and silver both went slightly down and gold, sorry, silver is hanging around all time lows at the LBMA vaults. These are the vaults that store for all the ETFs, for most of the ETFs. Chris sent me this tweet by Bai Zhao Jun. It's good information, but I think Bai, and I like him, and I do follow him, and I think he's got good info. I think he still doesn't get it, though, about silver being money. Most people don't. It's hard to see silver as money these days when it's been demonetized since 1873, but that's only an illusion. It will re-monetize once the dollar is dumped because there's no other way to use to do retail trade. You can't do it with gold. It's too valuable. And if you have no gold substitute or gold derivative, then you've got to use silver. But anyway, Bai Zhaojun says the following, China is preparing for the post-silver era by all financial means to import huge amounts of silver to meet industrial demand while increasing reserves. The point here that I want to make is that Bai is focusing on industrial demand for silver. But the thing is, uh, what will really cause silver to spike to all-time highs and beyond is not necessarily industrial demand for it. It's the return of monetary demand because the monetary demand will be simultaneous by everyone in the world as the dollar collapses. There will be no gold derivative to use and the public all across the world will have to go back to silver. So you have this explosion of monetary demand because of the lack of the ability of the dollar to actually be used in trade anymore. And this is going to spike silver to whatever the dollar amount is gonna be, but it's going to be money directly for a while until we are able to establish a new derivative system for it, which eventually will happen. Uh, so the point is here, once the dollar does collapse, uh, industrial demand for silver is not gonna be very relevant because industry is going to really fall and people are going to need silver to basically survive to have what remains of a division of labor because without money, you don't have that. So what we're really talking about here is the return of monetary demand for silver, which has very little to do with industrial demand. Now, still importing silver into China uh, it, for industrial demand, when that industrial demand is not there, that will still be very useful for monetary demand when it does return. So this is relevant. And it does mean that China is stacking silver, at least for industrial demand, but I don't even think that China understands that silver is going to be money also. Uh, now, I wanted to get into this open interest issue, which is very interesting. I've never seen anything like this before uh, in gold versus silver open interest. Open interest, of course, is the number of contracts in the futures market that are open on the COMEX for each metal. Uh, so we're seeing here since uh, it looks like late, late December 2023, right, open interest has climbs is rocketed in silver from about 127, 128,000 contracts to just under 150,000. This number is a little bit, uh, is on a one day lag. I think it's 149,077. And I'm talking to you on Thursday, February 8th. So we're just under 150,000 contracts. And we haven't been at this number of contracts in silver open uh, going back to June, 2023. And very, only very rarely in the last two years, last two years have we seen open interest going this high. And when it does go this high, the with the price being low and the open interest being so high, the open interest is actually where this black line is now, uh, it looks like we could have a smash in silver over the next few weeks, and that would precede a banking crisis, because usually in banking crisis, silver does collapse very briefly until the Fed moves, and it's not going to take them long to do it. But I'm saying prepare for uh, an imminent smash in silver 
uh, because we're in a very precarious situation here. We have a price low, but an open interest high over the past two years. So just be careful. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, and it might not be a smash, but be emotionally prepared in case there is one. So now if we move to the next chart here, I show you how open interest highs in the bottom here correspond with price highs, generally speaking, not every time. And there is an exception over here, which I highlighted in the black. So we have uh, over here in, in 2022, early March, looks like 2022, we had a high in silver uh, and a high in open interest. So if you bought at this high in open interest, it would not have been a good spot. Here too, high in open interest, high in price. Uh, here's another one, a high in open interest and a high in price. This is the only exception here where we had um, a, a collapse in price here followed by a little bit of a high in price. So if we see something like this, it would be a very minor pullback. But this is the only spot where you would have been relatively safe buying at this open interest high. It would have been in this area and you would have gone through a little bit of a sell-off and then uh, you, you would have been basically even even to this day, basically even maybe a little bit down. Um, but if you bought here again, you would, have been, you would have lost out. If you bought here again at this open interest high uh, in December 2023, uh, that wouldn't have been a good trading position. This all doesn't have to do with uh, stacking physical silver, of course. This is all for trading people. Um, but also, even if you're just stacking physical, be prepared for a little bit of a smash here, uh, and especially because we have a high in open interest and a low in price, which could mean that the shorts are piling on and trying to break the longs here. Uh, we'll see what happens, but what's so interesting about this is that the exact opposite is happening in gold. So if we look here at the open interest, we're at uh, the end of we're at 2024 here. And this is uh, this is uh, February eighth, twenty twenty four, and we see our open interest is four hundred nineteen thousand one hundred twenty one, just below four hundred twenty thousand. This has not happened uh, going back to twenty nineteen. Sorry, it's late twenty eighteen. Uh, but if we look at this open interest in in gold, the amount of contracts open in gold is at a low, which means there's a lot of fuel for gold to move higher. So then why is silver skyrocketing in open interest when gold is falling? I've never seen this before. Something is going on in the markets that I don't understand. Uh, if you look here at open interest in gold, uh, I'll show you here that if you buy gold at low open interest, then you usually buy at a low in price or at least a safe range in price here. So here was a low in gold in early 2023. Here was a low in open interest. Here was a low, here was a low in open interest. And if you bought around here, you would have generally been up and you would have still been up to this day. Uh, here, if we look at early 2019, there was a low and open interest around where we are now at 420,000. And this was a very good place to buy. And so was this. Uh, so we're having mixed signals here. It looks like a safe place to buy gold. The only exception here was during this low and open interest around our levels now. It was not a particularly gratifying uh, area to buy gold in, but it would have been safe anyway because we're still higher than that now. Uh, so we're having mixed signals here and I don't really know what to say, except we'll go to the next chart and I'll show you how this has never really happened before. Um, I want to show you a zoomed in chart, but it applies across the years. Um, if you see here, these, um, these boxes, these black boxes show lows in this is gold open interest on the top here versus silver open interest on the bottom here. You can see they generally go in parallel, though the changes in silver are more extreme as they always are. Um, whether you're talking about price or open interest, it's a much thinner market. So we have here a low and open interest in gold corresponds to the low and open interest in silver, low and gold, low and silver, low and gold, low and silver. Same here with all these boxes. The only exception is this one. We have a low in gold open interest here and a high in silver here. What is going on? I don't know. Just be careful 
Um, I think it has something to do with the banking situation going on here, because if we have a banking crisis that unfolds over the next few weeks, it is likely that silver would be smashed. Gold might go down slightly also, and then the Fed will print, and then everything will slingshot the other way. We've, we've been through this before. We know what it's like. It's always scary when it happens, but it is necessary for the next round to be started. The final chart I wanted to go into before I go into the more deeply into the banking situation is we have three cup and handles going on in gold. And you've probably seen these before, but it looks like the final handle is finally uh, about to break out here. We have this cup from 1980 to 2008, and then this cup from 2011 to 2020. And now we're going on the third cup. Uh, and where is the third cup? I zoomed in here. This is the third cup. And once we break above this area, 2150, there's just blue skies ahead. And there's no telling how high gold could go there. We could be in the final financial crisis at that point. And the current banking crisis could have, may have already exploded by the time we actually break through this pattern. Now, I wanted to go a little bit into the details of the current banking crisis that appears knocking on the door with New York Community Bank Corp and others of its peers. It's because of commercial mortgage-backed securities, which I've said in many silver reports of the past that the CMBS market, commercial mortgage-backed securities, would be the next thing to fall. And it appears that we are already on our way to this. Let's take it away, New York Times. Around the New York Times, this is from February 7th, two days ago while you're watching this, the real estate crisis looming over banks a year after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Investors are fearing for regional lenders saddled with a mountain of soaring commercial mortgages. We're going down to the uh, relevant paragraphs here, plunging office occupancy rates. And high interest rates are a big reason. The shift in working practices after the height of the coronavirus pandemic has roiled the commercial real estate market and lenders could face a maturity wall of as much as $1.5 trillion in commercial real estate loans set to come this year and next. So $1.5 trillion. Whoever's paying these rents are going to have to come up with $1.5 trillion. That's going to be very difficult to do with high interest rates and a very falling money supply that continues since 2022. The dollars to fund these, to fund this debt, to cycle this debt, they don't exist. And so we're going to have another banking crisis and we're going to have another bailout. It's just a question of when. I think it's going to be very shortly, perhaps a month or two, April, May, maybe June, something like that. Not going to be that much farther. Officials have acknowledged that some banks may be at risk, but have downplayed worries of a wider crisis. They always downplay worries of another crisis. When does anybody ever upplay worries of a wider crisis? Never, but they always happen. Uh, complicating matters, and I've said this, I think, last week. Funding lifeline expires next month. On March 11th, the Fed's bank term funding program will stop making specially low interest rate loans to distressed lenders. The bank term funding program is coming to an end. Now, I clicked on this link of maturity wall, and it took me to a Reuters article uh, that says the following maturity wall of worry. According to Goldman Sachs, some $1.2 trillion of commercial mortgages are scheduled to mature this year and next. That's almost a quarter of all outstanding commercial mortgages and the highest recorded level going back to 2008. And what happened back then? We had a banking crisis. What's going to happen now? We're going to have a banking crisis. When we have a banking crisis, the Fed is going to bail out the bank's Gold and silver are going to go down initially, probably, and then slingshot back up. you got to be able to hold through this. We've known it was coming. There's probably going to be just one more financial crisis until the end game. That's according to my calculations. You can disagree with me freely if you want. I don't think that we will get through the next crisis without a hyperinflationary death spiral for the dollar and silver being remonetized. I think society has gotten to the end of its insanity rope, and we need 
honest, sound money to return our species to sanity and to what makes sense, because otherwise we will destroy ourselves in this planet. I don't think we will destroy ourselves. I don't think we'll destroy this planet, but we do need honest money to get us back to the road of sanity. This is Rafi of the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. I will see you guys next week. And don't forget to subscribe to the Endgame Investor on Substack for free. I usually put out a once a weekly free article on monetary philosophy and such. And if you want to become a paid subscriber for my three times weekly Endgame Investor newsletter tracking the banking system and monetary developments, then you can do that as well.